Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. This is my top five Wes Anderson films. This is a director with one of the most unique voices in film, in my opinion. Like, he is somebody, if you were just to describe his color palette, you would be able to identify it being a Wes Anderson film. If somebody was going, if somebody described the composition of his films, you would, I, you'd be able to tell it's Wes Anderson. If somebody described the performances and the dialogue that are in films, it is so, so much of the uniqueness of Wes Anderson. Where you could describe the actors, you could say the word symmetrical. And you would know I'm talking about Wes Anderson. He's got movies that have rebellious characters going on at little adventures. There's always the themes of love and family and death and grieving. So all these very human, all these very kind of big emotions. And these fun little stories that all seem to follow a similar, in my opinion kind of a similar kind of a wavelength where each movie starts off, you're being introduced to everything, the the excitement and the novelty of, of a Wes Anderson film really starts off very, very high. And then once the story gets going, there's always like a little bit of a lull in his movies, which I don't mind. It's just like you're you're kind of recovering from the big reveal of all of the players that are involved and how everything's set up, and then there's a little bit of a lull. But every one of his movies, in my opinion, wraps up, has this ending that's always just like so fulfilling, so kind of happy. As a viewer, I enjoy the endings. They're not always happy endings necessarily, but by the end of it, I feel like it's a storyteller who appropriately wrapped up his story. In a way, where in in a time where so many directors just just are so unable to do that kind of a thing, just to wrap up a story, let alone all of these things that that Wes Anderson is like added to his repertoire over over time. Whether it's live action, whether it's stop motion, whether it's animation, two D animation. Like he's he's willing to experiment. He's willing to grow as an artist. His most recent film, I think, is the best expression of his voice. The French Dispatch, which we'll see if that makes the list. Uh, but yeah, so many great films from Wes Anderson. I think he's done like uh, something like eight films. And I'm a fan of all of them. But I can only pick five for this list. My top five Wes Anderson films. Let's get it started, shall we? Starting off with my number five favorite Wes Anderson film. This is a movie that I just talked about and said it was the greatest expression of Wes Anderson's voice. And yet it is coming in at number five. That movie is The French Dispatch. It's a movie that recently came out. I did a review of it on Monday. Uh, so, I mean, if you're watching this in the future, you can look it up uh, to watch my complete review of this movie. But the reason why it's number five, despite the fact that I think the first part of this movie is a masterpiece, 
Uh, it is that that the fact that this movie one is basically three short films that are tied together in this in the way where they're all these stories that are part of this magazine, which is beautiful. It's a beautiful way to kind of tie in different stories, like to do that kind of uh, storytelling where it's all these little stories interconnected to each other. But because of that and the fact that the Wes Anderson kind of wavelength, the second story in that movie, I feel, is kind of weak. And I liked it, but it wasn't as good as the, the first, which I think is the best, the one about the artist. And then the third one, which is about the chef, I think is amazing, especially the end is, is beautiful. Uh, but the, the second one doesn't live up to that. And because of that, I had to, to, I mean, it's still on the list, still top five. I mean, it has to be. But the other movies in my top five list, I like top to, you know, start to finish. It, you know, so. But it's still great. And it's the first time we've seen 2D animation from Wes Anderson, which I would love to see a 2D animated Wes Anderson film. I think it's I think it's a medium that that fits so well for his aesthetic. Uh, but anyway, we got we got a little glimpse of that in that third story with the chef. Uh, overall, great movie. And the artist one with Benicio Del Toro is a masterpiece. I loved that so much. Uh, so I definitely highly recommend checking it out. But it comes in at my number five. Number five, Wes Anderson film. Moving on to my number four, Wes Anderson film. This is a movie, I mean, it's starring some of the greats. You got Bill Murray. You got uh, Owen Wilson, Luke Wilson, all of the, so many people. This movie is the Royal Tenenbaums. This one came out, I think it came out in 99, 2001. I was working at the movie theater when this came out. And uh, I think maybe that's why I enjoy it. Again, another movie about a family. Uh, you have Ben Stiller's also great in this. Um, just kind of an unconventional family situation. You have this like rebellious dad that's trying to get back in the gr good graces of his family because he got kicked out of his living situation. It's just like Gene, I think Gene Hackman's last great role before he retired. That is Gene Hackman, right? I feel, yeah, Gene Hackman. I feel so, and Gwyneth Paltrow is amazing in this as well. Angelica Houston, another one of the many actors that show up in all of his movies. Uh, Danny Glover is great in this. Uh, so many great, I mean, great cast, a really fun movie, really fun characters. You know, you have the Ben Stiller character who's, you know, all paranoid about now that his wife died, so he's like basically tortures his kids, and he ends up... It's like all these people from the family ending up back at home and seeing how they all kind of affect each other while living at home. Uh, and such a just a fun movie. Kind of that, you know, th not necessarily as stylized, but definitely probably the, the beginning of... Because I don't know how much of, you know, Rushmore and bottle rocket have kind of his like symmetrical style to it this one definitely has uh definitely has that and uh you know kind of i, I would say the 
first movie in his in his I I can't speak completely for sure about Rushmore, but uh, kind of one of his first movies to really exploit his style and where he really you can feel he really found his voice um, in it. But yeah, coming in at number four, the Royal Tenenbaums. The Many Faces is an ongoing abstract ink portrait series that I started many years ago. I release a new face every day, but go to inspireddisorder.com to check them out. So many available. But as a listener to The Ray Taylor Show, you can save 10% when you use coupon code INSPIRED when you check out. So go to inspireddisorder.com slash TMF, that stands for The Many Faces. Go check them out, browse the entire collection, and when you decide on a piece, or maybe multiple pieces, make sure you use coupon code INSPIRED when you check out, and you'll save 10% as a big thank you for checking out my work, for collecting my work, and for listening to The Ray Taylor Show. And with that said, let's get back to the show. Moving on to my number three favorite Wes Anderson film. This is a film that I had not watched until recently in preparation for making the list. Uh, I had, you know, there's a few blind spots in Wes Anderson. I watched Darjeeling Limited a few months ago for the first time. Uh, and uh, this is one that I've tried to watch a few times and always fell asleep. It was just one that I just wasn't into uh, and finally watched it. From start to finish, I completed it, and I liked it so much, it's coming in at my number three, which is surprising because it wasn't even going to be on my list until the movie ended. And again, it's that that wavelength of a Wes Anderson film where it's like, it starts off super interesting, then there's this lull, but then when it wraps up, the way this movie wraps up was enough to make me not only put it on my top five list, but put it at number three. Because it is just so wacky. It is just so much fun. And that movie coming in at number three is The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Bill Murray playing the titular character. You have Owen Wilson playing the potential son. Estranged son. You have uh, so many great actors. So Willem Dafoe playing one of his... uh, you know, shipmates Angelica Houston again as his wife. Kate Blanchett is in this one. Jeff Goldblum kind of playing the competitor. This movie also has bad CG. But, but it works. There is, because of Wes Anderson's style and his aesthetic, it has a feeling of almost like a Michelle Gondry kind of like DIY kind of feel to it where it's everything kind of feels organic. And even the 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 CGI stuff feels like almost CGI impersonating stop motion where it has like that kind of stop motion movement to it, but with obviously a cg look because it's it's pretty bad cg but it fits especially for steve zizu steve zizu it almost a movie is almost like a pop-up book which is a similar kind of vibe that a lot of wes anderson scenes have the way he frames things like things are very layered uh 
there's like foreground, midground, background, like very spatially aware at all times. And uh, this one plays it up in a cheesy way, but like, <clears throat> like at the end, I care so much for for Steve Zissou. I mean, the fact that the reason why is because you think he's a fraud this whole time. You think he's just this this huckster that's selling everybody because he makes these movies. He's selling everybody on this thing, this false tragedy that happened where his friend gets eaten by this shark that's never been discovered before like a leopard shark or something i forget what they call it so the whole movie at least for me as the audience it's you're made to assume that he's just full of shit because he's constant like he everything he does is what somebody who's full of shit does constantly doing everything not to succeed but in the end, you, you see, when everybody believes in him, you see that he wasn't full of shit. And it's like a crazy moment. And it's like even in that moment that where you're seeing this leopard shark that looks ridiculous because it's just bad CG, it oddly fits. Like, it really makes everything work, the end of that movie. And because of that, like, it was literally a movie halfway through. I'm like, this is bad. I do not like this movie. But by the end, not only did I like the movie, god damn it, I loved the movie. And that's why it came in at number three. I never, that's why I love watching all of these movies in succession, especially movies that I hadn't seen finally. It's nice to finally watch these movies. But that's what I love to like come across a movie that for whatever reason, even while watching it by the end, completely changes my opinion of it. Like it makes everything fall into place and work. Where it's like this character that you don't like throughout the thing. You're like, oh, it makes you recontextualize everything. So I appreciate that. Uh, so that's why number three, the uh, the uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Moving on to my number two. My number two and my number one were easy for me to lock in. Assuming, I mean, obviously any of the movies that I hadn't seen yet, like the French Dispatch or uh, Steve Zissou, things like that, uh, could have easily changed positions on it. The Grand Budapest Hotel, I hadn't watched until recently. Could have easily supplanted it. But coming in at my number two was a movie that I feel has the, the almost the, the most, just, just so much fun. Anyway, coming in at number two is Moonrise Kingdom. It's a movie, again, you have rebellious characters, but these they're rebellious kids. This kid that's escaping from his his summer camp with the the like the Boy Scouts, meeting up with this girl that he's in love with, this pen pal that he made. And they have this elaborate plan to get away. It's like a it's like a a, a prisoner, escaped prisoner on the run type of a movie for the first half, and then they get caught, and then they escape again. And it's like this this beautiful kind of love story about these kids who are almost, you know, they're kids, so they don't know 
but they're playing it as like this romantic thing. Like they're playing obviously like there so many children in Wes Anderson movies are like precocious and like so far ahead of their years. Like everybody in his movies are all kind of on the same wavelength it feels like d- regardless of age. And it's just a really fun movie just like young love it like takes you back to that time when you were a kid and having that first love. But a great story also. And and a lot of again a lot of the uh, actors that you see that show up in all of his movies, uh, Bill Murray, Bruce Willis is in this one, Edward Norton, who's in a bunch, Francis McDormand, Jason Schwartzman, Tilda Swinton, all of his kind of like regular cast of characters, but uh, a really fun movie, just a really fun movie that that touched me emotionally when I first saw it because it it felt like a departure in some ways for Wes Anderson when he was telling it, not necessarily stylistically, because it still has his style, his voice, but it, it like the, the characters are changed up a little bit. Being like young kids, uh, really, like I think it worked great. Uh, and then set in like, you know, it has like it has like the feeling of the stakes of like a prisoner on the run type of a movie, but it's kids just trying to sneak away to have their little love affair uh yeah so i love it it's full of heart and easily came in at my number two uh and was for a long time my number one film my favorite wes anderson film uh until a few weeks ago when i saw a movie that of his that i hadn't i just hadn't gotten around to seeing you know if gaps happen you know things things come out you just don't get around to seeing them uh, you know, they're not on streaming services when you when you think about it or whatever. Join Inspired Disorder Plus today. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus to join. Membership includes members-only discounts and deals. You get access to the Ray Taylor Show completely ad-free, as well as bonus episodes. You get access to the complete live painting archive. You also get access to every single podcast ever produced by Inspired Disorder, hosted by Ray Taylor. You get access to Ray Taylor's personal blog, as well as the opportunity to ask me any questions. So if you want to start a podcast, you're into art, ask me anything. And so many more things are being added every day to Inspired Disorder Plus. So sign up today, become a member, head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspired Disorder Plus member today. But moving on to my number one, my favorite, favorite Wes Anderson film. Movie I saw for the first time. It's a movie that clearly has his style, has his color, but I think it's the most, I, I don't want to say, but my, most like normal feeling at times. It's like it's It's like his style, but done in a way that like it feels less contained like all of his all of his movies feel so contained and so precise especially if you've seen the french dispatch like that kind of aspect of wes anderson of like just everything perfectly aligned perfectly centered like very simple camera movements this movie i felt like he was trying different types of camera movements that are not in any 
of his other things. It feels like he's in a location that is authentic. It doesn't feel like some story pop-up book. So coming in at number one, for all of those reasons and more, is a movie that I watched for the first time a few months ago, and that movie is The Darjeeling Limited. I love this movie. Like, it is probably, I mean, it's just so good. Obviously, you have Wes Anderson style, which I enjoy, but this one is is different. It's different because they're these three brothers who lost their dad. Again, another theme of death, family. They're on this adventure through India to bond with each other. And you have the three brothers being Owen Wilson, uh, Adrian Brody, and Jason Schwartzman. Staples in all of Wes Anderson films. Great actors in their own right. Uh, They play the three brothers. And uh, some of it takes place on a train, which is a lot of fun. The one of the brothers has ulterior motives to everything. You see the damage that they're going through, like all of the themes that they're dealing with. There's like a crazy action scene where something happens. And then these three brothers are like trying to rescue somebody. It is a crazy scene that like a scene you don't see in any Wes Anderson film, like a that's like it's filmed like an action movie, this scene. Right. This this event happens and this crazy thing happens and they have to like try and save uh, this kid. And I don't know, man, so much of this movie I loved, like the aesthetic of it being in India, like it feels like it's the first Wes Anderson film that feels dirty, like 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 not dirty, like naughty, but dirty, like. Like it's 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 not as polished, not not necessarily polished, but not as like everything looks precise and and clean. And this one, there's like dust. There's like they're on location. They're like actually carrying a trying to get on a train instead of like some set piece that looks like very stylized train. I love it. Still has all the heart that you would get. Still has the great writing, great dialogue, performances that you would get from a Wes Anderson film. Uh, but it's, you know, characters that you really you fall in love with because they're all dealing with the death of their dad, the baggage that they're carrying from the death of their dad and their family and like learning to let go of that baggage, not only metaphorically, but literally letting go of his fa- of their father's baggage. Like it is so on, on so many levels directly on the nose. And yet so perfect, the end scene of this, where they're trying to run down and chase the train, very similar to the first scene. And they're only able to do it because they get rid of the baggage. They finally drop the baggage and move on. Uh, Just a beautiful film. Easily my favorite. Obviously, number one. Like as soon as I saw it, I'm like, this is this is one of my new favorite films. Easily the best, my favorite Wes Anderson film, but just a great film in general. And the only thing that would have would have been able to top that is if the first story in the French uh, dispatch about the artist, if that was turned into a full film, 
that would have been because that was a masterpiece. Like that's man. But the fir- the full length film of uh yeah the of Wes Anderson that I loved, the Darjeeling Limited, obviously Rushmore off the list. Very similar, I think tonally. Uh, similar in a lot of vibe wise to the Royal Tenenbaums, and I could be off on that. I actually didn't get a chance to rewatch Rushmore. It's just a movie of his that I've never really enjoyed as much as the other ones for whatever reason. And maybe on a rewatch, I would have a different view. It's just not available anywhere, and I didn't feel like buying it or renting it just because every time I've watched it, I haven't really enjoyed it. So, I mean, and plus, Bottle Rocket, I really like Bottle Rocket, his first film. Um, and then Grand Budapest Hotel. Grand Budapest Hotel was actually my number five uh, until I watched The French Dispatch. And it was easy to... I, I really enjoyed uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, I think that kid who is also in The French Dispatch, uh, who plays Zero, uh, Tony Rivolori... I wish I could read better. Uh, he's great. And that whole story kind of, the, you know, that hotel and how everything that happened. It, like, that's a real, it's a fun movie, but it didn't make my list. Like, I didn't connect to it as much as I connected to other other movies. Uh, so, yeah, Rushmore didn't make it. Grand Budapest and R- Bottle Rocket didn't make my list. I still love them. Like, even a bad uh, Wes Anderson film is still better than most films like 99% of films that actually come out. He's like one of the few directors that not only has a very specific, Oh, and also of course I didn't, I didn't even bother with uh fantastic Mr. Fox. And uh, what was the other one? Uh, I can't believe I, I forgot to write them down. I do not like his stop motion stuff. Oh, Isle of dogs. I literally fell asleep in the movie theater trying to watch Isle of dogs. But I, I'm just not a fan of his stop motion stuff. So that was easy to leave off the list. I would love to see, I said it before, I'll say it again, I'd love to see a 2D animation from Wes Anderson. I would way prefer that than stop motion. I think the aspects of stop motion that I like of his, I prefer when he he does that in live action. Like so much of the French Dispatch feels like stop motion but it's all with live action actors i actually prefer that than the stop motion stuff um it's just i don't know they're not bad i mean isle of isle of dogs is probably my least favorite of his and i don't even know if i've watched it's just like i just there's a lot of it i i'm not a big fan of uh just tonally and i i don't know it's just i Maybe one day I'll revisit it and have different opinions. But in general, I'm not a fan of his stop motion. Uh, but anyway, that is what... So how many how many movies, director? So it says 22. Let's see if there's any others. Um, oh, he's got some French Dispatch, the newest one, Isle of Dogs. Uh, then short films, short films, Grand Budapest, Moonrise... Darjeeling, yeah. So all of yeah. So I nailed them all. I didn't. I didn't miss any. He's done a bunch of short films too, which uh, makes I. I'd almost want to watch those because the French Dispatch is very much three amazing short films that are all 
bundled together in a beautiful little little package. Uh, but yeah, that's my top five list. I'll go over it one more time. My top five. This is my top five Wes Anderson films. My number five is The French Dispatch. Number four is The Royal Tenenbaums. Number three is The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Number two is Moonrise Kingdom. And my favorite Wes Anderson film coming in at number one is The Darjeeling Limited. Let me know what your favorite Wes Anderson films are in the comments. Hit me up on social media, at Ray Taylor. I want to hear what your favorites are, uh, but those are mine. So until next time, go rank some movies. Go watch Darjeeling Limited. Go watch The French Dispatch, at least the beginning. Man. Benicio needs to be in more of his movies, for sure. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.